Hi, I'm Brad. Where are you calling from? Houston, Texas. I'm calling from Quito, Ecuador. I'm calling from Ecuador. And wherever you are, welcome to Blonde Radio. Hi, I'm Brad. I live on the west coast of Canada, and I love seeing things from a new point of view. And welcome to Blonde Radio, where every week I book calls with strangers from around the world. Today, we'll have a conversation with Brett, a digital marketer from Texas, Domenica, an artist from Ecuador, and Darcy, a world traveler who's constantly discovering their identity. But first, at Blonde Radio, we're all about community. So here's what you can expect, as well as some highlights presented by the Discord mod team. Hey, I'm Fa. I'm Peach. I'm Andy. I'm Ari. I'm Tree. I'm Cameron. I'm Sable. And here's what's happening this week at Blonde Radio. by the Discord this Saturday, September 25th at 2pm PST for an Inktober warm-up event. Together, we'll share prompts and practice our artistic skills for the month ahead. Be sure to catch Morgan every Tuesday and Thursday at 6pm PST for book readings. We've just finished The Philosopher's Stone and hope to continue our adventures with Harry Potter in the coming weeks. And finally, big love to all of our September birthdays, including Wynne, Loris, Queen, Mello, Abby, and the many yet to come. We hope you all had special days. And now, here's Brett. Hello, I'm Brad. Nice to meet you. Sweet, man. Nice to meet you. Brett. Brett, fantastic. How's your day been? It's been interesting. I'm in like a very interesting phase of life right now. So, and we uh, just had a hurricane come through. So, Oh shoot! Uh, it didn't. It didn't really hit us that much, but it seems like Houston freaks out anytime there's like a threat of rain, and so the whole city shuts down and everyone kind of gets thrown off their schedules. But um, for the most part, it's been a good day. I've been productive and just getting things done. Oh, good to hear. And yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, even a threat of hurricane, I imagine, <laughs> put some anxiety yeah. in the air. Yeah, for sure. And then you're calling from Houston. Yeah, Houston, Texas. Beautiful. Is that home for your for you, or have you been moving around? I'm actually. Yeah, I'm actually from like a small town about an hour, about an hour north of Houston. It's called mm-hmm. Splendor, Texas, but oh, nice. I would definitely consider Houston home. That's awesome. Well, yeah, before we get too into it here, I'll give you some space to sort of, you know, give the elevator pitch on you. You know, who are you? Uh, what do you do? And what sort of got you to where you are today? Yeah. So uh, like I said, my name is Brett. I'm 25. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm actually, you know, very uh, lucky. Uh, I run a digital marketing company that I was pretty much handed to by a guy that started the, started the company. And he's just kind of in the the end, the end phase of his career. And he wants to actually go back into software development. Mm-hmm. So he built up a good clientele base and giving me the great opportunity to help him run this company and grow it even further. And so every day I pretty much help business owners, big and small, grow their business using like Google ads, social media ads, you know, social media creation and SEO and web optimization too. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. Before all this, before Blonde Radio and everything, I actually, my first quote unquote real adult job, I was in, yeah, marketing similarly. I I was uh, writing copy at kind of a startup and yeah, I shared like desk desk space with the, the SEO people and the Google ads people. So I'm definitely, yeah, it's a whole weird niche world that I had really no idea about until I got there. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And I think I like it because it's something different every day. With mm-hmm. my personality, it's like, if I can't I can't do monotonous things. Like I can't do the same job every single day or else I feel like I would just go crazy. And maybe that's just the millennial in me because uh, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are the same way. But I need something constantly different and just like mm-hmm. changing and challenging me every single day. And so it definitely provides that element because it's always, you know, for one, SEO is always changing. But secondly, dealing with different clients and different businesses and 
different industries is always a challenge. Oh yeah, totally. Definitely switching it up. Never, never the same needs for everyone. That's cool. For sure. Exactly. Well then, yeah, I guess maybe speak to that a little more because listen, you, you take any class of second graders, no one is, I don't think anyone's going to say they want to be like a digital marketing consultant just because that's so far beyond where you think you're going to end up and right. you, you've had this opportunity to be put in this position. Was this always kind of the the area you were interested in or was this sort of catching you, you know, off guard? You know, it's kind of funny because I kind of like that question pours into like so much of like how I came across Blonde Radio too. But I actually, my life has been all over the place. And when I say I'm in an interesting phase of life, like I'm really like in a discovery phase of like trying to find out who I want to be and the kind of life I want to live. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually coming out of a relationship and I actually, you know, I messaged you about a year ago, me and this uh, girl were in, was in a relationship and we actually broke up for a little bit and after I messaged you probably like a month or two after that we had reconnected and gotten back together okay. um and honestly like the relationship was great and i'm very thankful for like the times that we had but it just was never really meant to be mm. um and in that phase of life when i messaged you about a year ago i was like really in like this phase of like pushing into like higher enlightenment i don't know just kind of like finding finding a higher sense of purpose not to run around too many trails but i used to be <laughs> really religious and like i actually went to bible college oh word. and so my whole life leading up into like college i thought i was going to be like a pastor and like my whole goal was to like plan a church in New York City. That's like what I imagined I was going to do is like go to New York and like spread the gospel of like Jesus and everything. Mm -hmm. And like through just like the reality of life and not saying the reality, through my life and my experiences, um, I just really, I kind of fell away from it. I, I didn't really like the exclusiveness of the church. I didn't yeah. like the closed-mindedness closed of everything. And as I just kind of explored the world in my, in my own personality, it was just something that I kind of fell more and more away from. Interesting enough, like through being in the church world, I really understood what it meant to attract people to something and mm -hmm. to be able to spread a message. And I feel like that kind of like coincided into marketing. And as weird as it is, I mean, yeah. all that's pretty much all being a Christian is, is marketing Jesus, you know? Basically. And so, yeah. And if you can market life change, I feel like you can market like products and industries and things like that. Totally. And so it's kind of, it kind of was a runaround of like how I ended up there. But yeah, I mean, I, I originally thought I was going to be, you know, running a church and now I run a business um, mm -hmm. and I, I still enjoy what I do. And I definitely believe in like spreading positivity. And, and I think that's even more so like a phase of life I'm pushing into right now of like really just like being a more positive person and like enjoying life more and being more grateful for the now because I do feel like recently I've been hitting a lot of adversities and the word like re resiliency really comes to my mm -hmm. mind of like just like how life really can like kick the crap out of you. And I've had a lot of things going on with like personally, my family, especially with like the pandemic, we've had a couple of deaths in our family. Mm -hmm. And just like, it's just been a really crazy time on top of like my relationship literally ending like a week ago life has just kind of fallen on top of me but it's interesting that even through all of that i feel like i've been able to find like this sense of resilience and not only resilience but like positivity and like trying to mm -hmm. find the goodness and everything and the goodness of myself and i really learned that pushing positivity out can really bring a lot of positivity in yeah it always multiplies it's always worth pushing out if you have the option yeah pushing out that, sure. that good vibes and that's interesting i was um i was pretty close to hit, hitting up a bible college i did all like elementary through high school private christian schools stuff like that um that's awesome. and then also similarly you sort of get outside that bubble and you're like actually i don't know about this yeah, <laughs> um exactly but you're right you know there's some you know i don't fully agree with everything that my denomination stood for but the principles the seeking to 
uplift the people around us. And yeah, the sense of community. There's so many, there's a lot of positives that can come out of church. Um, stepping away doesn't always have to be that messy. But uh, right. oh yeah, resilience. I have uh, I was watching, um, I'm, I don't know if you know Brene Brown. She's a writer and speaker. I watched one of her uh, TED Talks recently and um, okay. and she put it this way it's like the people who step into the, the arena if you want to build that resilience it's not you know if you're going to fail it's when you're going to fail because it's really only through like really seriously messing up and fucking up that you're going to yeah build that tough skin to keep going and look at you I mean like a year ago and even now you're going through shit but you're talking about this positive mindset and that's if, if that's not resilience yeah. I don't know what is <laughs> yeah and I don't want to like paint like a false picture of myself like right. honestly the past month I've been like an anxious mess and mm -hmm. honestly I would say like this push into positivity and like resiliency has probably been in like the last week and like I actually started like when I messaged you a year ago it's actually when I started therapy oh, congrats um, and yeah I appreciate it I definitely recommend therapy for anyone that's not yeah. in it, even if you are in a good place uh, I think it's just life-changing but in my therapy like i've just constantly been working through like my my anxieties i have struggled with depression in the past in the past couple of weeks with like you know everything that's been going on in my personal life but also like with my relationship i've just been so anxious about everything i've almost learned now through a lot of mistakes that you can almost manifest things in your life by being anxious about it like Ooh. and one of my one of my good buddies he's honestly like kind of opened my eyes a little bit but he really challenged me to start looking at things and and, and asking yourself like what's the worst case scenario of the situation Mm -hmm. And like, so like, for instance, like with my relationship, if it ends, like what's the worst case scenario there, you know, like the yeah. worst case scenario is you had a good time with a great person. Um, it didn't work out, but there's still more life to live, you know, and, and the mm -hmm. same thing with like, whether you're going through like a job loss or, you know, maybe losing a friend or anything like that. Like you have to be thankful for what you have in the moment and mm -hmm. stop fearing the future because if you're the future, you're almost manifesting the end of something, you know, and I saw a TikTok today about this. Uh, it's like an old philosopher. It was very old video and he was talking about like, he's looking at like a, a the minute counters that has the sand in them i forget what they're called but he was talking about like how the sand at the bottom represents like what's already happened but the sand at the top falling through is what you what's happening now and yeah. sometimes we get so fixated on the sand that's already falling through that we're not fixated we're not we're, we're not focusing on what in front of us right now mm -hmm. and it really doesn't allow you to enjoy or even flourish in that time you know so those those are a lot of things that like i've honestly been coming to the realization through just like self-discovery but also therapy helping a lot I love so much what you're talking to there about like, honestly, gratitude solves a lot of these issues because you're right. right. Even if things are going good, I think as humans, we're built to be like waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're like, OK, yep. things are great. What's going to happen? And like, yeah, if you fixate on those bad things, it's just it. Yeah, they're going to feel so much more heavy when they eventually do happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this week's question is, what do you expect before someone earns your trust? What are sort of the... The qualifying factors there uh, that's an interesting question i feel like i don't know i, I it might sound kind of cliche mm -hmm. to some extent but like i feel like i'm easy to trust people you know yeah. I'm, it's, it's, I'm easy to trust, but it's also very easy to lose my trust, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like, mm -hmm. and I also feel like I'm sure like a lot of people do. I can almost like read people very well. I'm very good at like analyzing people. And I don't not really sure where that comes from. But I can meet someone and have a conversation with them one on one like this and feel like if I could trust them or not, whether it's like their perspectives on life or them as a person or just how they talk about themselves or the people around them. I feel like you can almost get sense of, of, of that person through just conversation. Um, so I don't know. If there's like any like tangible things I expect before yeah. I trust somebody, but I would say that like having a conversation with somebody, like a real a real conversation, not just like a surface conversation, like a real conversation with someone, can very easily I can 
gain, I can put my trust in someone through that. Totally. Yeah. Entering a state of getting a little bit vulnerable with someone, maybe. Yeah. Beyond right. the weather. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like the getting deep with people. And that's honestly one thing I really liked about TikTok. And it's funny it. that I kind of saw your TikTok in the sense of, or it was probably like a year ago and I mm-hmm. still follow you on TikTok, but it's funny, like you were kind of on the, you're kind of on breakup TikTok. I don't know if you've heard how TikTok is like separated into algorithms. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> everyone's kind of like on their own algorithm. TikTok can almost tell like where you're at in life and it's kind of creepy, but mm-hmm. legit at the same time, because I feel like, well, especially a year ago, even more. So I just saw so many, so many things that I needed to see, you know, yeah. it was whether it was other people experiencing heartbreak or hard times and people like you that were just like looking to spread positivity. I think mm-hmm. it's just so powerful how, you know, an algorithm can really like guide our lives as, as weird as it is, you know, into the pl- into totally. somewhere we need to be or consuming content we need to need to hear, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's awesome what you're doing, man. I, I love the whole concept of just getting deep with people it. because I feel like the world's just too surface, you know, and, and social mm-hmm. media honestly kind of makes it worse in that way too. Uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword because it, we can get deep with people and become vulnerable, but at the same time, it's all almost modified our society into being surface level, you know, yeah. especially like with my relationship, people are like, oh, it looked like you guys are having so much fun. Y'all traveled you know, all these places and did all these things. But I'm like, Instagram's such a lie that we tell yes. ourselves, you know, and, and any kind of social media, just tell, it's just the highlight reel mm-hmm. of life. And not that I didn't have fun, but it's like, you don't know all the stuff that went on behind those pictures or like the, you know, the hard times or the, the arguments or the things that weren't going right. You know, all you see is a couple traveling or people traveling and having fun. And you start instantly comparing yourself to that. And yeah. I, I like the concept of Blonde Radio, of just getting deep with people and like really mm-hmm. understanding like what, where we're all at in life and like how we're trying to make it, you know. And I think I think it's, I think there's power in that. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. And yeah, more than ever, I think that's at least in my friend group, it feels like Instagram. Everyone has sort of realized that's what it's become. And now it's kind of turned to most people just like photo dump or like shit post because everyone kind of knows there's no real honesty here so let's just have fun with it but yeah it can get quite spiraling into yeah let's let's put our best face forward even if that's not what we're at all the time no it's a tricky balance Um, and I think that's something I like. I'm really motivating myself mm-hmm. moving forward is just being honest on social media and being positive. Totally. No, that's great to hear. In kind of closing here, what advice to sort of bring it back and flip it a little bit uh, would you give to someone who's seeking maybe trusting friendships and relationships or even, you know, as we're speaking to now, deeper connections? What would you say to people that are looking for that? You know, one thing I'd really advise anybody that's looking for a deeper connection or even a relationship, maybe you've been single for a while or you're lonely and you're looking for friendships and relationships. The first thing I'd say is open yourself up, um, because I think a lot of the times we lose the opportunity for good friendships and relationships by being closed off to like getting to know people more. You know, you can't mm-hmm. really build a genuine connection with someone unless you open your, your heart up. That's a hard thing in itself, but I think it's the most important thing. But secondly, I'd say love yourself the most Um, and not saying that in a selfish or vain way, but you you have to be able to love yourself to be able to love others the way that they should be loved, Um, whether that's in a relationship or a friendship. I I really believe that the people that don't love themselves at all are the ones that are like the toxic friend or the toxic significant Mm -hmm. other. You know, you you have to have a good sense of self and honestly be okay with being alone. You know, and I know that uh, in Christianity, it's kind of a cheesy verse, but, you know, it says like, blessed 
are those that can be alone. And, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to push a religious value there, but I think there's power in that thought that those people that can really find love in themselves and that solitude are really powerful because I think not only are they a positive light to others, but there's just, there's just a strong sense of comfort and confidence in that person, mm-hmm. you know? So anytime you're looking for a relationship or a genuine connection with someone, open yourself up and really just have that strong sense of love for yourself. Um, and don't be anxious about it. You know, like I know that's, that's easier said than done, but anxiety can really push friendships away. can push relationships away. Um, and, and having, having a good control of that, you know, whether that's through therapy or, or, you know, meditation or however you practice, um, I think can really strengthen not only yourself as a person, but you, you, you as a friend or a significant other. Oh, that's really beautiful. Oh, that's a great point. (laughs) Sure. Um, that's, that's kind of about it. Thank you. Thank you, Brett, for your time and your words. Yeah, man, I loved it. It was awesome. Uh, I definitely will be uh, joining the Discord and keeping up with you guys. Oh, for sure. Any exciting plans the rest of your day? I'm actually just chilling, you know, newly single. I think I'm actually just going to go to the movies by myself and like what just a vibe. enjoy it. Yeah, I know. I, I want to see this new Shang-Chi movie. I've heard yes. it's pretty good. Uh, oh, I'm going to yeah, watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cozy. I hope you enjoy. Oh, thanks, well, man. that's kind of about it. Uh, again, thank you for your time and your words, but uh, I wish you a lovely rest of your evening. Yeah, you too, Brad. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Always. Take care. I have a good one. Hello. Hi. (laughs) How's it going? Great. How are you? Good. How's your day been? Pretty busy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good to hear. Um, I'm Brad. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. My name is Domenica. Sweet. Thanks for being down for a, a little chat today. No, thank you for the opportunity. I think it's amazing. I love this, what you're doing, like your project. Oh, that's very sweet. That means a lot. And then uh, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Ecuador. Ecuador. South America. Fantastic. Well, I'll give you some space here at the top. Just kind of give me like the elevator pitch on you. You know, who are you? What do you do? And what would you say got you to where you are today? Who am I? My name is Domenica. I am an Ecuadorian, a Latina woman, um, born and raised here. I am a high school graduate on my way to college. I'm waiting on, you know, applications. Yeah. <laughs> and what got me here? I don't know everything. I've, I've had like a very long, say, history with arts and, you know, struggles surrounding, I don't know, mental health. And being here, like being a Latina and being born and raised in this country, I'd say all of these factors have like given me a lot of insight into where I'm at right now and what I want to pursue because I want to be an animator and I want to study Mm. psychology to help people. That's awesome. I love that so much. That's really cool. And that's so apparent, just taking the briefest look at your socials, uh, the importance of art in your life. yeah, so I was just wondering if you could speak to kind of maybe when did art click for you? When did you realize that was your thing? And, you know, how do you describe its presence in your day-to-day life? Well, that goes way, way back. I mean, my family is like very, very talented in all that comes with arts. Like my mm-hmm. brother is kind of like a music genius. My mom, she's also amazing. She sings and she can paint and everything. So it was very present like in my childhood. And then I kind of like discovered I had a talent 
in say fifth grade mm-hmm. in elementary school when a teacher actually like came up to me and told me like hey you're good at this you should like pursue yeah. something that has to do with this and then it clicked and i took it like i took art more seriously and now day day to day it helps me i'm trying to build a career out out of it i i use it daily to like help myself <laughs> it's always been like a thing in my life Oh, that's awesome. I'm I'm glad that you could have such a, a nurturing because it, it'd be one thing if you had, you know, you were inclined to make art, but you weren't in an environment that promoted it. So that's cool that you could have both. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And now, now in your early message to me, um, you mentioned kind of and an, you touched on the toll this past year had on you and your um, experience with EDRM. I am so uneducated. I would I would love if you could sort of walk me through that. Ooh, okay. So long story short, the pandemic kind of hit me hard. Okay. So mm-hmm. it was um let's say like an incubator for a lot of things that were going on in my life and just like having to be at home and it, it just it took a toll on me and like life hit me like a truck, like seriously. I had to go into therapy. Actually, my parents, uh, they put me in therapy because they saw I was really not doing well. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first started, I believe it was like my first session in therapy. um, You know, my my psychologist, she did like a rundown uh, of everything that was going on and ended up telling me, well, this is all that we've been speaking about. I'm going to conclude like this is trauma. Like you have some traumatic events aligned that are not helping you right now. And they were giving me anxiety attacks and uh, panic attacks and a lot of issues in like my day to day life. And I didn't know what it was. So she told me that and she told me, well, we're going to go to therapy for like, I think it was like six months and then we're going to do EMDR, which was very, very crazy because it's it's like uh, it's a treatment. Um, I mean, I'm not a professional, but from what I can, what I can say it's a treatment that is kind of designed to alleviate a stress that is associated with traumatic memories and it's help mm-hmm. you to like process that and overcome it. It's very hard. <laughs> I don't know. It was a very like shocking, weird, life-changing experience for me. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I-, I would hope a positive one. Yeah, it was very, very positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of shocking because I don't know if you know quite how this works. Do you have I- any idea? No idea. <laughs> Okay, so again, not a professional, but yeah. from what I can explain, it's it's a process that basically helps you access mm-hmm. and then break down the traumatic memory uh, and make you feel like safe and process it. So how do you do this? You recall the memory and they make you recall it with, okay, how did you feel what that happened? Uh, what was it like? Uh, what emotions did you did you go through when this was happening? And it breaks down the traumatic memories from which your struggles originate. Mm-hmm. And then the therapist kind of brings you back to comfort with some type of like touch therapy. People do it like the name comes from come from eye movement desensitization, I believe. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Yeah. But the idea is to have some type of movement or contact or something to like ground you. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to process that memory and be like, okay, so that happened. But now where am I at? Like Mm -hmm. now I'm safe. Now uh, I can process this feeling or whatever. Because these traumatic memories, they tend to like creep up on you (laughs) and you that that's when say for example the anxiety attacks come in so what they do is bring you back to from that traumatic memory and help you process it so that you no longer feel that you are in danger per se 
That's really cool. I've never, yeah, this is kind of my first time hearing about this. But I mean, in theory, it sounds, it makes sense why it would work. And that's, uh, I'm glad that it worked for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, it did. It helped me a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, a lot. And I know for a fact that this is used for people who have PTSD and trauma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some people, this is way more like severe. It's way harder. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, just the idea of like helping someone process something like that and then like bring them back to comfort and make them understand that that's no longer a menace for them is really helpful. Totally. No, that's phenomenal. And so I guess my kind of follow up to that is, you know, in your opinion, as someone who's gone through this, how can we start just as like culturally between friend groups and our families, whatever? Um, how can we start to be more open to talk about therapy and these personal struggles? Um, what do you think kind of needs to change? That's not an easy task at all. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of struggles with that. I now talk about it and it's still like a weird thing for me to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but I've had to like, in a way, learn to do it because I know for a fact, like I've seen close friends to me, like, or or just relatives suffer from things that are similar to my situation and then not ask for help like Mm -hmm. uh, because there's just like this like stigma around therapy and having to go through this type of stuff or just saying for example just say ptsd and people automatically like freak out so i think what needs to change is just this idea of like listen to people and just having the conversation but being like tolerant about it like not Mm -hmm. jumping to judgments and being harsh on people and really learning to be kind to ourselves and to others because just in that way like the conversation will keep on going and people will feel like more comfortable talking about these topics mm-hmm. no yeah it all has to dang that first step be tricky though that's hard sometimes but uh no i get what you're saying yeah it is but i think one of the main things my own therapist told me was you have to learn to be kind to yourself first mm-hmm. Like I acknowledge maybe, okay, you're struggling. You may need help. Like try to reach out, talk to someone. And when you start doing this type of exercises and also like being kind to yourself and then kind to others, then you start to empathize and the conversation in general is like more easygoing. Mm. Yeah. If you can show that kindness to yourself first, that's going to, no, yeah, that's just going to reflect outwards. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so this week's question, and it's a bit, it's a bit on... Uh, of a side of kind of what we're talking about, but I'm, I'm curious to hear your answer here. Go ahead. Um, what for you personally would you say are qualifiers of trust? What do you kind of expect from someone uh, before they earn your trust? I expect people to, I guess, just be good listeners and make an effort. And mm-hmm. What do I mean by that is yeah. when you're telling someone something or ju- you're just like, you're sharing something with someone, whether it be like just talking or experience or whatever. When it comes to trust, just when you see that the other person is like making an effort to say, make you feel comfortable or make you feel heard or whatever it may be, that shows the initiative to be like, okay, like I'm here for you and you can actually trust me. So just, just like demonstrating that, just like being like, yes, I, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I feel like that, that would, that's really important for me. Yeah, active listening hits so hard. And like, I think we all know it, like when we're venting or just opening up a bit, I think we all know if the person on the receiving end is, you know, actively hearing us or not. Yeah, you you learn pretty quick. And even that way, you kind of like understand who's really worth it. And I mean, like worth it to keep in your life, like your close circle or not, because you want people who actually care about you and to whom you care for, you know, 
Yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> so I guess to kind of flip that in closing here, you know, what advice would you give to someone who's seeking trusting friendships and relationships in their future? I'd say pay attention to not only what they say, but what they do. Because I feel people just tell you a lot more about who they are by what they do. You know, anyone can say, you can trust me or, you know, I'm here for you or whatever. But when it comes down to the real thing, when that person shows up or that person, you know, makes an effort to be there for you, then you actually know Mm. that person will actually be like an important asset to your life. Let's say like that. So I'd say, yeah, just pay attention to what they do and what they say. Totally. Yeah. Hand in hand actions and words you know we were mm-hmm. told one is valued more than the other i think i think they're both valuable you, you gotta see how they work together yeah they're both valuable but i mean you can't really have one without the other mm-hmm. oh for real that's a great point sweet well i do want to thank you again for taking the time and and space out of your day to chat i really really appreciate it thank you for having me of course always do you have uh, any exciting plans for the rest of your day for the rest of my day uh no i have to work <laughs> <laughs> Well, then I I wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you so much for the chat and and sharing your story. It really, really means a lot. Oh, thank you. This is really cool. (laughs) I've never done something like this, honestly. You killed it. We killed it. We in this together. I'm I'm, I'm feeling good. Okay, cool. (laughs) If you're feeling good, I mean, it's your show. You're the one who knows. Yeah. Very good. Well, I'll let you to it then. Do enjoy work, but uh, I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Yeah, sure. And congratulations for your program. I think it's really amazing. Thank you. Thank you to the moon and beyond. Take care. Yeah, have a nice day. Bye-bye. Ciao. Hello. Hey, Brad. How are you? Doing well. You beat me to it. I'm I'm Brad. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Nice to meet you. I'm Darcy. Darcy, fantastic. How's your day going? Uh, Pretty good. It's actually my dad's birthday, so I just (gasps) finished uh, like baking him a cake and we all ate it together. That is so sweet. I hope I hope it's uh, (laughs) it's a lovely day. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, it's been good. And then uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Quito, Ecuador. Ecuador as well. Oh my goodness. I just spoke to someone from Ecuador. Crazy. Uh, Well, yeah. Well, I'll give you some space here at the top to just kind of give the elevator pitch on you. You know, who are you? What do you do? And what would you say got you to where you are today? Uh, yeah. All right. So I'm Darcy. I'm 23. I just graduated. I got a bachelor's degree in international relations. I feel like my entire life has kind of been a little bit political, mm-hmm. um, sociopolitical in a sense, because, well, I'm half Ecuadorian, half Burmese, mm-hmm. but uh, within my family, we just have a lot of identities. So I'm like very multicultural and multiracial. And I think that's always made me interested in the relations between different countries. That eventually became something to study and hopefully soon a career. So yeah. it's been something interesting. And I've loved that you've talked about like, you know, the impact of diversity and travel in previous podcasts that kind mm-hmm. of resonated with me. And I've just always found it interesting to be able to talk about like mixed identities especially since I feel like for a long time it was very black and white but recently we've had people like Naomi Osaka mm-hmm. um talking about like what it's like to be multiracial mm-hmm. what it's like to try to make sense of a world in which you can never fully fit into one box yeah and 
kind of learning to let go of that expectation, which can come, I guess, a little bit easier to other people. Mm -hmm. But if it's taught me anything, it's also taught me that nobody really like can write down in like an A4 paper their whole identity. It's far more difficult. It's ever changing. There are Mm -hmm. parts that you might not even understand about yourself. And that's kind of what my journey's been like. Yeah. And that's so, as a fellow, you're still a 90s kid, right? You're 98 I mean, I was born in 98 so okay okay to me <laughs> that sometimes counts. like come later to other countries so I right. kind of felt a bit yeah and so I mean similarly I'm 96 like seeing even from our childhood the amount of access that we have to the rest of the world now as opposed to like listen I love my folks but they have a very <laughs> limited scope of the world just the access god i love gen z so interconnected so willing to bridge you know those boundaries between countries and cultures um so i think yeah i think you're so correct uh, we're heading in a really exciting direction more more now than ever and as we get to learn about you know other people's identities that reflects inwards and we are so much more comfortable to explore our own it's this really be- beautiful circle exactly Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's even more interesting to kind of like just talk about it. Like there's so much to be said about like the inner journey, trying to figure out just how much of an impact like your parents' identity has on your own, but like mm-hmm. what you can add to it. But also talking to other people and reflecting about your, their journey as well. I think that's when like the wheels really start turning and you start challenging different ideas about yourself and other people. Yeah. And I just I love that. <laughs> For real. Listen, I, if I did not get my first part-time job at 15, I would probably still be in the conservative Christian bubble, like being brought face-to-face with people outside of the church community for the first time ever uh, and realizing how cool and how neat everyone is, just challenging all my preconceptions. Yeah, very necessary to get those reflections off other people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you, I mean, if you could, if you could summarize, because clearly travel, very important to you. Your whole feed is literally uh, international. But what would you say is the biggest positive you get from seeing so much of the world? That's a good question. Well, I feel in general, like I've been challenging kind of the notion that race is like an objective truth or that there's something unmovable about somebody's like race and what it has to do with their identity. Mm-hmm. I feel like the more we travel, even if it's to countries where we might not have, you know, like heritage or roots, I feel like that can sometimes even be equally as powerful, maybe to some people even more powerful in forming like your morals, your beliefs, how you see other people, how you interact with the world. And I, I it's funny because like I feel like I spent my whole life trying to figure out my racial identity because mm-hmm. I had so many contrasting opinions on it. But now I'm at this point in my life where I think it's kind of like not even the most interesting part about me. And it's been interesting kind of like letting go of the importance and the ties that I had to it and just kind of saying it's a part of me, of course, but mm-hmm. there's also just so much more to explore. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm getting what you're going at. <laughs> no, that's super cool. And of course, as you spoke to earlier, uh, this is an ever-evolving journey. So it, it sounds like even if you or I come to some kind of conclusion, I hope that we would you know, move forward from that conclusion and, and keep on growing because uh, that's where the, the, the sweetest parts of life happen. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I 
I do feel like if I was talking to myself from several years ago, they might have different ideas, but it's not mm-hmm. like I disagree. I just kind of think like it's become more broad in my mind. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I surprise myself. Sometimes I read old journals and diaries and they like my previous self is already kind of like hinting at these ideas. And I'm like, whoa, like this entire time I've just been working on the same thing. Mm, it's all been culminating. It's so, that's like something I've learned so much, especially this year. Very hard, even if you have a plan to, you know, visualize where you're going to end up. But as soon as you're there, like in retrospect, seeing the steps, it becomes much more clear the path that you took to to get there. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Definitely Mm. like some of my, I don't know, some of my favorite people who I've met. I don't know if it's by coincidence or if somehow there's a pattern, but I feel like I met them after very like difficult moments in my life Mm. and like reflecting back on it it kind of seems worth it in a sense that Mm -hmm. I had to struggle for a while to meet people who I never might have met before in the places where well in the whether it's mental or physical spaces that I've been before yeah and now when I find myself you know confronting challenges I keep like reminding myself like this could like it's hard right now, but this could be what takes me to somewhere better or like mm-hmm. better people. And it kind of makes it easier, I suppose. Totally. And that's on uh, silver linings. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> we take those. We take those. Well, I, I, I did want to congratulate you uh, graduating this summer. That was this summer, yeah? Yeah, this summer. Fantastic. And I'm curious, you know, what has it been like entering quote unquote adult life while still uh, quite, quite realistically in the middle of a little uh, global crisis? Man, I mean, I feel like when I was in it, like in Mm -hmm. the thick of it, I was kind of just telling myself I'm going with the flow and it didn't feel too hard. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of it accumulates like the stress of not really seeing your friends, trying to understand everything from like a like a 2D picture in a sense. I mean, I feel like it's taught me a lot. I mean, it wasn't just COVID for me and my family in a Mm -hmm. way because... My mother's home country, Burma, uh, went through, well, is currently going through a coup d'etat. Mm-hmm. So there's currently a military dictatorship happening. So aside from like being in quarantine and trying to work through that, I also found myself kind of realizing that I might never be able to return to, you know, a country that I also called home and that all the things that I was putting off for later might just be never. And all, all the meanwhile, I was like writing my thesis on Burma and everything just kept changing. So that was like really hard to deal with. But at the end, like I got I got pretty congratulated on my my work topic. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even sure if it was good. But realizing that like even through all the emotional parts, I could use that passion into making like a good presentation, like a good thesis. That was kind of new to me. I and mean, it taught me that I'm much stronger than I think I am. That's super cool. Yeah. In the thick of it, come up the other side. A little surprise victory. That's awesome. Definitely. (laughs) This week's question that we're tackling is, what for you personally are the qualifiers for trust? You know, what do you expect from someone before they earn your trust? Oh, that's a thinker. For me, I'm starting to feel like I'm kind of challenging the ways in which I would kind of like see a person's vibe, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like just in general, through society, we're taught to think about people in really surface level terms. Like, are they attractive? Are they well-spoken? Um, like, are they funny? And all of that can be very important and special. But more and more, I'm listening to how I feel comfortable or uncomfortable with what they're saying. Um, because you can have like a completely like 
funny person saying all these smart things. But if you don't really feel comfortable for whatever reason, I think it's worth it to kind of step back and realize like what's going on that's making you feel that way. And on the flip side, like sometimes just because of circumstances, you can meet somebody and a conversation isn't like perfect. It's not like the most intriguing thing ever, but you kind of like feel good and understood and heard Mm -hmm. and stacking something's even mean more. And learning to kind of like build friendships off of these feelings has been a lot more, I think, sustainable for me in the long term. Yeah. So, so much of it. And so often it does come back to that, that idea and feeling of being heard. I think that's just human condition. You know, we all want to be understood. And when when you find that in someone, that feels good. That kind of ties in on uh, the reason why you started this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of full circle. I like it. Well, to kind of flip it here in closing, then what advice would you give to someone who's seeking, trusting friendships, relationships? What would you say to them? Oh, man. Uh, Could you give me a minute? I have a quote from a book that I really like that I want to use. Of course. Let's see. All right. Um, So it's a quote by uh, the writer Michael S. Sorensen. And he says, the truly good listeners of the world do more than just listen. They listen, seek to understand, and then validate. The third point is the secret sauce, the secret ingredient. And I think that's something that I, I feel like it took me a little too long to realize. It's something that I feel like socially we should have understood kind of like in preschool or in middle school. Mm-hmm. But really kind of like just listening and even trying to understand is a great thing, but it's really kind of validating and saying like, I hear how you experience this world and I can see how you get there. Even if we don't necessarily agree, I think we're all kind of trying to look for a little bit of validation in this world and trying to add that into my conversations has been pretty productive. Yeah. I don't know who said it to me first, but like, you know, so often we're confronted with, and we ourselves do it all the time where you, you know, listen to speak, you're waiting your turn so you can get in your bit when you're not really actually hearing out what the other person has to say. And it's like, how can you ever expect to like build a connection if it's just, you know, two heads talking at each other? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like for the longest time, I was just trying to ask as many questions mm-hmm. like to other people because I kind of wanted people to ask me more questions. Mm. Um. And even if I was like listening and responding, it really didn't click until I was kind of like showing them that what they're saying resonates in a sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of like the validation part coming in. No, that's that's really awesome. What a fantastic way to put it. I like that quote. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> it's really helpful. No, for real. I'm, I'm glad uh, you liked it. I'm going to look into that author. Thank you. But yeah, that's that's kind of about it. I do want to thank you for taking the time to share your words and your story. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Always. Do you have any exciting plans for the rest of your day? Not exactly. I, I kind of went to the gym and I swam today. So right now I'm just kind of tired of hoping to just chill with a movie or something. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Well, again, uh, thank you for your time and words. Yeah, it, it was this was really fun. Really looking forward to hearing the episode. For sure, me too. But yeah, until then, I wish you a lovely rest of your day and I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. Me too. I'll talk to you later. All right. Ciao. Bye. Special thanks to Brett, Domenica, and Darcy for making this episode possible. Intro music provided by Wafy. That's W-A-Y-F-I-E. And accompanying tracks by Loboil. That's L-O-B-O-I-L. 
who can both be found on all major streaming platforms. Be sure to come by our Twitch stream every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 2pm PST for more Blonde Radio content brought to you live. I'll see you soon, and thanks for tuning in to Blonde Radio.